Hey friends, it's Corey Andrew Powell here, letting you know it's time to treat yourself with an exclusive Motivational Mondays deal at the NSLS shop. Listeners get 20% off shop-wide with the code MONDAYS. That's M-O-N-D-A-Y-S. Need a new coffee tumbler? Or perhaps you want to keep it classy with a new hardcover notebook? Well, get them on sale. Listen, with this deal, I'm tempted to trade in my bow tie collection for one of those cute NSLS hoodies. And don't forget, use code MONDAYS at checkout. That's M-O-N-D-A-Y-S. Enjoy that 20% off at shop.nsls.org. And stay motivated, leaders. Stay motivated. Hello, everyone. I'm Corey Andrew Powell, and I'm joined today by Janet T. Fan, a senior technical product manager at Amazon Kuiper and founder of Thriving Elements, which is an organization that mentors underrepresented girls in STEM. Janet is also an author of the book, Boldly You, a story about discovering what you're capable of when you show up for yourself. Janet, welcome to Motivational Mondays. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me here. And I love your energy, Corey. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, you know what? I will tell you, it's consistent. This is pretty, this is pretty much me, like 24 <laughs> hours a day. So some people may think it's too much, but this is just who I am. Just be you. Just be you. Yes. And you talk <laughs> about that. And you're that's, that's a philosophy that you subscribe to. So I will trust you when you tell me that because it's done well for you to live and be your most authentic self. So, um, you know, before we begin, though, I know that a, a big part of your story is, of course, anchored in your ethnicity. So I would love for you to share what is your um, your heritage or ethnic background? Um, my ethnicity, I'm Vietnamese. And then I was born here in seattle and so i will identify as vietnamese american okay yes yes and i know that's such a big part of your story too is the first generation vietnamese um i guess parents who are here in america raising a now an american daughter right and having this sort of conflict a little bit of um i guess the cultural conflict as far as maybe what life would have been like raising you in vietnam versus america so can you talk a little bit about some of that experience and and the different difficulties you had with that yeah absolutely i thought it was just me as i was growing up but later on in life i realized uh there are others who are straddling this line between two cultures being where their parents came from and their ethnicity and then being American. And so for my parents, they were refugees from Vietnam because of the war. And so coming here and raising me, it was just difficult for them as they didn't know how to navigate the American education system, the American professional system. And then also, especially when you're going through grade school, middle school, high school, you see all of your Americans doing X and then your parents telling you you can't do X because they don't understand what that is. Right. Or me wanting to do community service or having the opportunity to compete in future business leaders of America at the state level where I have to travel all the way across the state and they challenge me on, well, is that helping you make money? Is it helping you for college? Like you should be staying at home because all they knew knew was staying at home and studying and doing well in school and your schoolwork is going to get you far. And so they didn't know all of these extra stuff. Yes. Yes. And would you say then those are sort of cultural norms then within the Vietnamese culture would be that that would pretty much be the path, right? That your parents would expect in general. Correct. For their generation and what they knew about the American culture, because a lot of it they learned on TV as well. 
So in addition to these cultural norms that they thought were normal based on what they saw on TV, it was also reflected on me when they were watching things back in the day. There was like the Jerry Springers, the Jenny Jones. and <laughs> Yeah. And they were terrified. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they don't want their daughter needing to figure out who the uh, baby's father is. I, I don't know. Right. Or doing drugs. And so I'm defending myself, trying to do community service, extracurricular activities, and then also defending myself against what they see on TV. Mm, Yeah, that's so interesting because I had not even thought about the perspective of what a family from another country would assess would be American if they got here and they turned on like the housewives or they turned on Jerry Springer and there's like a chair being thrown across the stage. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I didn't even think about, I know they were like, no, you're not leaving the house. So I totally get it. But that does sort of shape the narrative too. That brings you to why you wrote your book and your book, as I mentioned, is called boldly you. And um, it's a, a great, honest self-assessment. I was reading some of uh, the excerpts online and um, share a little bit about that book and, and why you wrote it. Yeah. So how I got to writing it was because I had started Thriving Elements, the nonprofit where I'm helping girls who are growing up the same way that I grew up, underserved, underrepresented, to help them get into the STEM field. So I'm in tech. And what I've noticed all around the world when I travel to different places for work, that I'm often the only woman at the table. And that's why I started this nonprofit. So because of this, friends had asked me, like, why are you doing this in the middle of your technology consulting career? This is when I was working at PwC and starting this nonprofit. Like, how do you have the time? And I think when you realize this is something that's a problem. So I wanted to bridge the gender disparity in STEM fields through Thriving Elements. And so with people asking me why and me sharing with them my story, as well as starting to enter the world of speaking engagements, panel, being asked to be on panels. And then the the amazing part for me after being on speaking engagements is speaking to the people afterwards, how they line up and want to ask you more private questions, share a little bit of their story and share with me, hey, your story, like thanks for sharing your story. It gives me hope, especially those college students. And so... I have held in this story for so long. Even those, I would say my close circle didn't know. It was my closest, like two or three friends that would know what was going on at the time. And other than that, everyone thought I was normal, the the happy, energetic. So when you tell me that your Corey energy is every day, <laughs> like that's me, right? So, and everybody thought I was okay. And I thought I was okay. So. When I heard from these college students, the girls coming up saying, your story gave me hope. Seeing where you came from, which is what I'm going through now and where you are at today, gives me a a path and a, a light at the end of this tunnel. So then I thought, if I can change somebody's perspective or multiple people's perspectives by sharing my story and being vulnerable, then that's worth it. Then it could change the trajectory of their life. And that's how Boldly You was written. 
And when you mentioned the people who come up and talk to you afterwards, the, the girls specifically, and you're seeing like a wide cross section of ethnicities and backgrounds, right? So, I mean, yeah. it's relatable yeah. to you, but you're seeing a diversity. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the very first one that really hit me was there's the Washington State Opportunity Scholarship in Washington State, where they award a lot of money to those who are first-generation college students. So it could be from different ethnicities, but it could be Americans who come from low income and from a disadvantaged background. And I think it's amazing, too, because when you look at your own story of having such adversity and you then go out and help other girls who are also similar. I think it's pretty fascinating that the reality is there's more commonality between these young women. I mean, you know, you take away the ethnicity and the, the, the physical differences, but you're probably dealing with helping them through things that are family dynamics that are probably shared across all races and ethnicities, I would imagine. Right. Yes, exactly. And like you were saying, I could really resonate with them and understand them as best as I could because I know that I know the struggles, them also having to help their families, some being like the caretakers after school. And I've noticed that they have to fight a bit more than those who are able to grow up in a space and an environment where they have all that support and all the resources. And I know that fighting spirit inside of them can make them successful. And that's why I want to give them the thriving elements that are built inside of Boldly You. They're very simple, distilled down into five thriving elements. They're meant to for them to hold on to it and then be able to apply it into their everyday lives. And part of your story too is that Despite the adversity you were going through, you began to make it through that because you had mentors. You had someone or more than one, perhaps, you know, throughout your your youth up through when you start to go into college. And is that part of, for you, the whole idea of why it's important to pay it forward as well? Because you benefited from having someone that stepped in and helped. That's exactly why Thriving Elements got started, because as I was traveling in business class to India, to Sweden, to Germany and France and all these countries for consulting, I realized, wow, like, how did I get here? How am I sitting here, you know, pressing the button and then all of a sudden the the seat reclines yes, all the way business back class. so I could sleep. Very cute. <laughs> yes. And, you know, real plates, real silverware, real glasses. It's just it was so crazy to me. And I kept reflecting, like, how is this me? And how am I able to be here and do this? And when I kept thinking back on it, it was because of the mentors that have been in my life, especially a mentor I had in high school, Ms. Dorf, and my IT internship mentor, Joseph Peck. And they they just created access and opportunities. And that's why the mission of Thriving Elements is to create access and opportunities for the mentees that come into the program because that's all I needed. The moment you can open a little bit of a door for me, I will swing it wide open and create more opportunities from that. And that's what I'm trying to 
send to the mentees in the program. Hey, you're going to get access to somebody who's in the industry, in the STEM field that you're interested in. And it's up to you to take advantage of these opportunities. In our program, I tell them, we're not a babysitter's club. We're not here to make sure that you get your projects done, your homework done. Mentees and Thriving Elements already have that in them. They're here then to take advantage of opportunities that are in front of them. It's so funny. I embarrassingly, I didn't really know what STEM was. Like I kept, you know, like a couple of years ago, I kept seeing like the capital S T E M and I'm thinking there's something to do with like botany, you know, um, the plants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't know. And then when I realized what it was, it was very fascinating because I have two little cousins and I just adore them and they're sisters. And one was uh, this past Christmas, the one is five and the other one is eight. And I called their mom. I said, Leslie, what would the girls like? for Christmas, you know, and I'm thinking like, you know, a Barbie, I'm thinking totally like sexist girl toys. <laughs> and she goes, oh, well, they both want some, anything with STEM, anything with STEM. And I'm like, they're five and eight. Like what? I'm like Googling, like, what do I get? I mean, a five-year-old get her STEM? Like literally they are already building little robots and things mm-hmm. and they're not even, ten, well, they are 10 now, but yeah. So that's, pretty fascinating. And the minute I learned what that was, and I had these two beautiful little girl cousins who wanted it, I cannot get enough of trying to send them like (laughs) all kinds of technology books. And because I get it now, I understand how important that is Mm -hmm. to nurture that level. And the whole idea of Mm -hmm. coding girls who code all those programs. So important. So important. Yes. Oh, your story just gave me goosebumps. I'm I'm glad you're able to realize yeah. this. And now they have this adult figure who's encouraging them and getting them these things that can expose them more into the different steps. Yeah, fields. it's amazing. And I think in a way, yeah, so cool. You know, I think in a way, other generation. I mean, not to dismantle that it's called STEM, but I think you know when I look back on it as a child, there were a lot of products like that out on the market that were kind of hands-on building things when I was a kid too, but I guess STEM itself wasn't really the term. But I think that when I look back, those sorts of toys and things that allowed kids to use their brains more to build, um, you know, it's always a positive thing. So yes, I will make sure that these two young ladies follow you as well as they progress in in life. Um, So I do want to ask you as well. So you have this wonderful part of your, well, the whole full title of your book, of course, I want to make sure I have the entire title, which was... Boldly You, a story about discovering what you're capable of when you show up for yourself. So I'm really interested in dissecting the when you show up for yourself part, because I'm going to just take an assessment here. Are you saying there that that's indicative of us showing up, trying to live up to what someone else expects of us versus what we and who we truly are? It's more of if there's something you innately believe is the right thing to do, then to speak up. And sometimes that's really hard, especially when you're in a vulnerable situation. So it's believing in yourself and then having the courage to act on those beliefs. And it's these beliefs that you have for yourself, not the expectations of others. And what expectations do you have for yourself? And that can be really challenging too, because as you mentioned, part of your dynamic too is that expectation can come from people you really love, right? It can, in your case, it's people you love most. It's your mother and father with good intention, but mm-hmm. there's still a conflict there of 
you know, trying to navigate being true to what you're trying to aspire to do and also not disappointing someone else. And that must be a very difficult balance. It was very difficult actually. And, and that's why I, I have this book to provide the, the guidance and what to think through for the readers, but it's, yeah, really you're on this line of, okay, I need to respect my parents and the expectations that they have and, um, and respect them. But then when you take time to really reflect, does this really resonate with me? And if it doesn't, then you have to figure out what it does, but you have to do the work to figure out what it does. And you have to be reflective and intentional about thinking, you know, whatever is happening over here isn't working, but I need to figure out what would it be to make it work. And then once you have figured that out, then it's, okay, let me start building a plan to make my situation better and make it work for me. And so it's a, a process. It's not, you can't just do it the, the next day. But I think the key thing is one, being an intentional and two, the endurance behind following through with your plan. And that's why one of the thriving elements, one of the five thriving elements is be biased for action. There's so many of us who think about, oh, here's, we're in this problem. Oh, this problem would be better if I did X, Y, Z. And you think about, oh, I, sh I should do this. I should do that. And then how long is this? I should do that. How, how long has it been in your mind? Sometimes for six months, for a year, and sometimes for five years or even longer. And that's why being biased for action is so important because you have to take action. You have even... If it seems so large, then you need to break it down into chunks so that it's manageable for you to achieve just the next chunk and then the next chunk. Right, attaining things in segments, right? More digestibly. Mm -hmm. Well, it's interesting. Yesterday, I was talking to another um, guest regarding something similar with young people, obviously, because we are a leadership podcast. So our audience range will be the traditional student who may be 18, just going into a college for the first year, all the way up to someone who may be 60 plus. And, you know, so that these leadership messages will resonate with all of them across the board. But one thing we talked about yesterday was sort of piggybacking on what you just said, when you're living for someone else, especially when it comes to going to school, in a career that maybe someone else suggests you should do because maybe your family has a history in this field and there's good money there. I've seen that backfire so horribly where by 25, 26, 30, the person's burnt out. They don't even like the career. They did it because someone else wanted them to. And it's a harsh reality. And then you're stuck in a job that you don't like. And so I think, um, I think mostly it, what I think young people should do is actually go out and experience more, try new opportunities, right? Yep. And that's why Thriving Elements is a great safe space for them to explore that because mentees who come into the program or when they're applying for the program, I tell them in order to apply, you just have to be curious and self-motivated and you can come in as, oh, I barely know what STEM is. I've heard about it, but I don't really know to, I want to be a biochemical engineer, but just come in and be curious so that your mentor, you can work with your mentor to explore either the different options within STEM, the different options in technology, or how do you make the plan to get to become a bio, biochemical engineer? 
So we have this range. And like you were saying, it's the ability to allow yourself to explore. And even further, once you may think you'll enjoy a particular field, then you need to do an internship or job shadowing and allow yourself some space to fail. Give yourself some of that grace because then you would have already tried doing these things. And even if you find that you don't like it, then that's better than never having tried and not failing and not knowing at all. And so that's also built into those, you have that long goal and those chunks, those segments, like you were saying along the way that you have set up for yourself to make, to allow yourself to achieve this bigger goal. You're going to fail along the way during that journey, but you just have to get used to it and embrace failure. And we hear it all the time. So many articles, so many videos, so many leadership. You hear it because the people who have failed a lot have learned from these failures and they want to let you know that it's it's okay. It's okay. Wonderful, poignant words of wisdom, Janet T. Fan. Thank you so much for sharing your story and for joining me here today on Motivational Mondays. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Motivational Mondays presented by the National Society of Leadership and Success and available wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Corey Andrew Powell, and I'll see you again here next week.